0: Uh, so in a few minutes, Talon is going to, our treasurer is going to come up and uh, uh, share with us just some data and numbers about uh, our congregation's uh, financials. Um, but before I do that, before we do that, I'm going to just share a little bit about what, what giving uh, means to Beth Dekun. Uh and This isn't going to necessarily be about how you should give. This is not one of those kind of, it's not a sermon about that. Um, it's about Beth Tacoon's giving, how we should be doing it. And there, there are lots of lots of those kinds of messages about how you should do it, and and then you know, and then following right after we pass the collection plate and stuff. But we're not we're not going to do that. Um, but not a lot about how a congregation should treat the money that it is entrusted with. The leaders of a congregation. The principles are kind of the same, um, but they're a little different. So I'll start off with what I think our, our mantra is as a congregation, as, as leaders of our congregation. From Proverbs eleven twenty four, 24, Some give freely and still get richer, while others are stingy but grow still poor. That's, that's basically it. There's lots of books written on wealth and money and, and that sort of thing. And something I've come to understand um, and take what I say with a grain of salt because I'm by no means uh, well off, you would say. But what I understand about money or wealth is that wealth is created when money moves, when money's doing something. That's where wealth is created stationary money is useless money it has little value i mean we can we can look at it and say oh it has this amount of value but if it is not moving it is it is useless and so we're going to err on the side of movement that's what we're going to do we we try to avoid the the what we'll call the the poverty mindset, and raise your hand if you're if you're familiar with what the poverty mindset is or what you've heard or you've heard this term poverty mindset. okay, poverty mindset uh, is basically that any risk is dangerous, any risk is dangerous. any success that comes is temporary and not replicable. Avoid spending. And the opportunities of blessing are limited. And, and another way of saying it is that it's, it's safest to be kind of at the back of the pack. Just to just hold on to it and just just be safe, right? That's a, that's a kind of poverty mindset. We're not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be about that. This, of course, is also not, not a sermon about prosperity gospel. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go down that road. Uh, that's not what this is. Uh, this is just recognizing this truth, that some give freely and still get richer, while others are stingy but still get poorer. Charity, is charity rational? No, charity is irrational. Um, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, in his book, Thou Shall Prosper, an excellent book, absolutely fantastic book. Talks, he, he interviewed these successful executives of businesses and asked them about, about giving, about charity, um, and whether they do it and what they thought of it. And, and on the whole, they said, we do it and it works and we have no idea why. These are the smartest business people in the world. When they don't do it, they suffer as a business. But when they do this irrational thing of giving, they thrive, and they can't explain it. And they're okay with that. They recognize it. even And whether they were believers or not, whether they were uh, people of God or not, they look at their spreadsheet, they look at the numbers and say, well, we didn't do this, and we suffered here, so let's go ahead and, and give. And, oh, look, let's, the trend is going up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a head-scratcher so charity doesn't make sense it's not it is not rational and we have a hard time with this you know especially if we are to be good stewards of what we're given we want to be diligent in making the right choices but how we define what the right choices are may be different at times than what god chooses to be the right uh, recipient of blessing i'm convinced that god is ready and willing to let blessing flow through us. All we have to do is keep ourselves uncorked, so to speak. Does that make sense? He wants us, he wants you, he wants Beth Takun to be a conduit of blessing. And we must keep the channel open, keep the flow going, because he has abundance ready ready to pass through our hands. And when we do that, we will grow richer. Now we save as well, of course, through the wisdom and foresight of uh, previous boards of Beth We have saved quite a bit to help us through leaner times. And so we will continue to save as well. There is, there is prudence, there is wisdom in how it is we save as well as how we give. But we should be erring on the side of giving. Amen? Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 through 11. If someone among you is needy, one of your brothers in any of your towns, in your land which Adonai your God is giving to you, you are not to harden your heart or shut your hand from giving to your needy brother. No, you must open your hand to him and lend him enough to meet his need and enable him to obtain what he wants. Guard yourself against allowing your heart to entertain the mean-spirited thought that because the seventh year, the year of Shemitah, is at hand, you would be stingy toward your needy brother and not give him anything. For then he may cry out to Adonai against you and it will be your sin. Rather, you must give to him and you are not to be grudging when you give to him, if you do this, Adonai, your God will bless you in all your work and everything you undertake. For there will always be poor people in the land. That is why I am giving you this order. You must open your hand to your poor and needy brother in your land. One part of this that is and it is not unusual in the grand scheme of things, but it might sound unusual to your ears. And that is, uh, right in the middle, no, you must open your hand to him and then lend him enough to meet his need and enable him to obtain what he wants. Lend him. Why, why does it say lend here? Simply put, and this is from one of the uh, sages, or Orchheim, this is, a, this is a very important um, concept, and it, and it goes back to that passage in Proverbs. It, it ties into that. Orachheim says in, his, in, the, uh, um, in the Talmud, When the Israelite opens his hand, God opens the gates of heavenly bounty for him. This is why Moses said, in order that God will open his hidden treasures. He continues with, you shall lend him whatever he lacks, etc. The Torah means that when you open your hand, that when we, Beth opens our hand for the poor, all we are doing is giving him a loan, seeing that God will repay with interest. God is the one repaying the loan with interest. That is how we get to the Proverbs. It says those who give grow richer, and those who are stingy, grow poorer. God is giving the interest. Does that make sense? Yes. Good. We've been going through Acts. And, oh, here's that passage there. Yes, God will repay you with interest. This is certainly sufficient reason for Moses telling you to open your hand again and again. If we believe, as long as we believe, God has abundance. He has got plenty. He can cover it all. We don't have to worry about anything. We just open ourselves up to letting it flow through us, lending, knowing that God will repay us with interest. Praise God for that. In Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 35, it says, And the congregation of those who believed were in one, of one heart and soul, And not one of them claimed that anything belonged to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the King Yeshua and abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land and houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles feet and they would be distributed to each as any had need. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to claim that this is some kind of formula, but this is something worth paying attention to. All, all the points here that are happening in, this, in the Messianic community in the first century. And what are they? Can you read that okay? Yeah, okay. One, that the congregation of, is of one heart and soul. Priority number one. Two, that resources are pooled, right? We give. We tithe. We have a pool of resources. And not only funds, but we have our talents, we have our gifts, we have other assets, uh, physical or spiritual. We combine those together. The leaders were giving testimony to the resurrection of King Yeshua. Right? That is a priority too. We make sure we do that regularly. Four, abundant grace was upon them all. And five, the leaders dispersed as any head need. Okay? This is also a guiding principle for us in our congregation. We're one. We pool our resources. We give testimony to the resurrection of King Yeshua. Abundant grace is given. And any who has need will receive what he needs. So... This is not, again, this is not a formula, but this is something worth paying attention to. And regarding the first point of the congregation being of one heart and soul, I'll remind you of our vision. This is something I'll be doing often. Beth DeKun is a commonwealth of households that, in the light of Torah and under the authority of Messiah Yeshua, strives to do God's will of love, of God and others, manifesting his kingdom on earth. We listen to God as we dig deeply into all of his word. That's the Tanakh and the New Testament, the Greek scriptures. We disciple each other in our fellowships, our friendships, families, and mentorships. We embody chesed, loving kindness to each other and our neighbors, through, um, I can't read that back there, through hospitality in our homes, our Sabbath home fellowships and corporate gatherings and we speak to God in daily prayer, supplication, thanksgiving and petition through liturgy, song, praise, crying out with broken hearts or shouting with joy. What we do with our resources must reflect what it is we're all about. Amen. What our vision is should be should be manifest in all the decisions we make as a congregation including and maybe especially in where it is we disperse funds um, and how we use them to manifest God's kingdom on earth. That's the goal. That is the goal. Okay. And so finally, one last little um, bit of wisdom before Talon takes over is, is this very succinct statement by the Chofetz Chaim that in the final analysis, and I'm, I'm, edit, I'm editing this to a, being an individual to being the congregation. In the final analysis, a congregation's wealth is not defined by what it has, but by what it has given away. Right? We're not going to be known by the nice chairs we just bought. We're not going to be known by the, the, the wonderful library we have. We're not going to be known by any of the things or any or the size of our bank account that's not how we will be remembered that's not how we will manifest god's kingdom on earth how we'll do that is by how and how much we have given away to people in need in our community in our congregation and uh, regionally and around the world amen okay do you think we're all in one heart and one one soul regarding that yeah good okay that's all i have Helen, why don't you come on up?